Thomas Hanks. A man whose name is normally associated with great films like Big, The Burbs, Dragnet, and Joe vs. the Volcano. I'm sure he won some Academy Awards, but those are his best ones. But nowadays, the name Tom Hanks is synonymous with adrenochrome parties and being executed just a few days ago. Bet you didn't know that. I bet, you, I bet you're glad this podcast is back so you can hear Jason read the ramblings of madmen who say that Tom Hanks was executed and then talk about the ramblings of a madman. While I was on vacation, I got so sick. I was on death's door. I went on a unintentional spirit quest. I blacked out and journeyed through the void. And while I was walking through the endless, eternal darkness, I found out that two Mexican people live in my esophagus. Today, that's <laughs> a real story. Today, on season 15 premiere of Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys are okay with that unusually long intro. It's season 15. It is the start of a brand new season. I do apologize. I'm a day late. I thought I, I got mixed up with it. I did almost die. I did almost die on my vacation. So you'll have to excuse me. My date keeping skills aren't up to par yet. But yeah, I'm sorry. So we're only going to have two episodes this week. And the next week we're going to start doing the normal weekly. So I apologize for that. It took a little bit longer than I had planned to do. But... I know someone who will always allow me to take as long as I want. <laughs> that sounded weird. One of our newest Patreon supporters floating into Dead Rabbit Command. It's Morphous Gas. Everyone give a round of applause to Morphous Gas. There's little clouds floating into Dead Rabbit Command. Morphous, you're going to be our captain or pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, that's fine too. Just help spread the word about the show. Really, really helps out a lot. Ask yourself, what did I do to promote Dead Rabbit Radio today? And then do something. Don't just ask yourself that question. Do something. Also, quick behind-the-scenes note, we are going to be doing a lot of stuff on TikTok going forward. So subscribe to my TikTok, at DeadRabbitRadio. It's going to be a lot of the stories that you've heard in the past, but a minute long. So if you haven't listened to every episode, that's a good way to catch up. And there will be no dancing. If you're afraid that I will be dancing, I guarantee you there will be no dancing on my TikTok. Just lots of cool old stuff, and some new stuff. There's going to be a lot of true crime that I don't really want to talk about on the podcast. I don't want to talk about on the podcast, so I'll pollute my Dead Rabbit Radio TikTok account for that. So, But TikTok dancing or no TikTok dancing, it's time to get today's episode started. Morphous Gas. I'm going to toss you the keys to one of our brand new vehicles, the Dead Rabbit Dropship. Go, go, go. Everyone's running on it. You're just sitting there. You thought you were just listening. You thought you were just going to sit and listen to a podcast? No way. You got to get up and run. You got all your military gear on. We're running onto the Dead Rabbit Dropship. And there's like a sergeant on board. And he's like, we're moving in with first wave. Do you kill anything that looks like Tom Hanks? And you're like, what? That's so specific. Why don't you just say we kill Tom Hanks? He goes, no, we're going to smash the entire area. If it looks like Tom Hanks, you get him. Wait, I thought we were supposed to kill him. He's a, he's a really bad sergeant. Because you don't like, are you supposed to kill him? Or are you arresting this guy? Dead Rabbit dropship. <laughs> Leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command. We're headed out to Milan, Italy. It's June 12th, 2021. Super recent story. I'm surprised this isn't getting more play in the lamestream media. Guess they're too busy talking about the Olympics and medals and stuff like that. When the real medals should be put on the chests of the 173rd Airborne Combat Brigade because those are the heroes that recently arrested known adrenochrome smuggler Tom Hanks. I know you guys have fond memories of Tom Hanks starring in all of those movies, all those childhood movies you watched, like Philadelphia and Saving Private Ryan, all those Saturday afternoons watching a man's face get blown to pieces. But maybe you're like me, before he started doing all this ultra-violent and depressing stuff, when I was a kid, Tom Hanks was hilarious. Tom Hanks was so funny. He was in Dragnet which is very, very interesting, and The Burbs. Now, The Burbs, 
is a very, very famous movie he was in, and it was about a conspiracy. It was about a man who believes there's like a satanic cannibal cult in his neighborhood. And when we talk, to, Tom Hanks is such a fascinating character outside of his whole acting career, <laughs> outside of the stuff that's real, because he's been embroiled in this huge Pizzagate pedophilia adrenochrome scandal for a couple years now. When the COVID thing first started, when those lockdowns first started, he was in New Zealand, I believe. And he was one of the first casualties of this war where people go, he's not really in, because he said, I have COVID. And he was one of the first like famous people who got it. And he goes, I got COVID. And then the conspiracy started. No, he doesn't have COVID. Well, he may have COVID, but he's not in a medical facility. He's not locked down in his hotel room. He's actually in prison. You guys remember that? We covered it a little bit back then. So weird. But Tom Hanks has been embroiled in these weird conspiracies for quite a while. But when you go back and look at his filmography, he actually had two movies that dealt with secret satanic societies trying to take over the world or take over the city or the neighborhood. The Burbs, most famously. But Dragnet was a, a remake of the old television show. It was him and Dan Aykroyd, and there was a satanic cult in Los Angeles. Like, it was the powerful and elite people of Hollywood trying to sacrifice virgins and, and drink their blood and all this stuff. Fascinating, because when you look at the Tom Hanks conspiracy theories, a lot of people bring up the burbs. A lot of people kind of say that maybe he was trying to warn us or maybe that was predictive programming. No one brings up Dragnet. And I, I it's been 30 years since I watched Dragnet, but I remember I watched it a lot as a kid. thought it was super fascinating. And I wonder if there is a connection between people who were fans of the burbs and the one person who apparently saw Dragnet, me, and people who do or went on to be conspiracy theorists, because there is a really interesting Venn diagram between people who believe that Tom Hanks is an adrenochrome-addicted freak today and who also enjoyed the movie The Burbs. But all of this information, quote-unquote information, is coming from us from one of my favorite websites, Real Raw News. It is a website that that's I can't even describe it as like a journalism website or a news website. Because neither of those words really fit it. It'd be closer compared to like Wattpad, like a straight up fictional website. But people believe it. People totally believe that what this guy's saying, you, most of the articles are written by a, a author named Michael Baxter, if that's his real name. But he's been going on and on about body doubles and Nancy Pelosi, you can pull her head off like it's, um, don't try, don't try this. Don't actually go to Washington, D.C. and go, oh, Dead Rabbit Radio said I can do this and start yanking on Nancy Pelosi's hair. But apparently, if you see Nancy Pelosi, there's like a 50-50 chance that she's actually a Scooby-Doo villain and she, it's, it's a body double and a mask. And uh, Joe Biden is a, either a hologram or he's a body double who was in the movie Curse of the Komodo. We've covered all of this stuff. We've covered all of this stuff because I find it so fascinating. But now, on June 12th, 2021, the chickens have come home to roost in the story of Tom Hanks because... A lot of people do believe he's highly tied into this adrenochrome smuggling, pedophile, horrible stuff. He was arrested by the 173rd Airborne Command Combat. Let me back up. According to Real Raw News, according to this website, I don't want people to be like, well, Jason said it. According to Real Raw News, all of this, he's sitting in his private jet with his longtime friend. This, this, is, this is what I don't understand. You can eat tons of people are saying that Tom Hanks is an adrenochrome addict and a pedophile. And those are both horrible accusations to make. But whatever, like that's horrible and people make those accusations. <laughs> this I don't this is what I don't understand about real raw news is they add details that are so superfluous to the article itself that I think they're joking at this point. I clearly think they're pulling everyone's leg. And the audience doesn't realize that. So Tom Hanks is arrested at his private jet. He's also hanging out with his buddy Peter Scolari from Bosom Buddies, which is interesting. Um, Peter Scolari, for you, for you Scolari heads out there, you're like, oh my god, is he tied up in this Illuminati plot too? No, it's weird. Michael Baxter reports that even though Peter Scolari is a long time friend, half of you are Scolari heads, the other half of you is, who the hell is Peter Scolari? Why are you keep... Peter... So back in the 1980s, there was a show... Is This is the height of sitcoms, right? Like high-concept sitcoms. There was a show, I loved it, as a kid, called Bosom Buddies. 
It was about Tom Hanks and Peter Scolari. <laughs> Future adrenochromatic Tom Hanks and his longtime friend Peter Scolari. They were dudes whose house was demolished on accident or on purpose, I don't remember. And they had to then live at the woman's dorms on college, so they dressed up like women and pretended they were women. <laughs> this is a whole sitcom. It ran for like two or three seasons. And they're constantly like spying on their sexy roommates. Bosom Buddies. Best theme song for a television show ever as well. Well, second best. The Gummy Bears. Gummy Bears theme song's pretty good too. I'm like, Jason, you should have taken a couple more days off. You're clearly not up to this job again. <clears throat> what I can't figure out is that Michael Baxter goes through the detail of adding this, saying that Peter Scolari was on the plane. Most people do not know who Peter Scolari is. I'm sure even Peter Scolari's listening to this podcast. He's like, huh? Who's this guy? Who's this guy he's talking about? And then if you do know who Peter Scolari is, for the rest of the article, you're singing the theme song to Bosom Buddies because it's super catchy. He says that Peter Scolari's on the plane, and then you go, oh no, Peter Scolari must be wrapped up in this Illuminati plot too. No, the 173rd Airborne Combat Brigade lets Peter Scolari go. Which doesn't make any sense, because if... How... Let me ask you this, dude. How... Let's say you have a buddy. Let's say you have a buddy you used to dress up as the opposite sex with, and used to peep on women... Or don't, don't don't do that. Let's not imagine that. But imagine your best friend. You're hanging out with your best friend for the past 30 years. And that friend also injected the adrenaline. <laughs> that friend who you're like, hey, buddy, what's up? What are you doing this week? And you hang out with them. What are the chances that that guy, without your knowledge, without you knowing at all, also <laughs> injected the adrenaline of, of dead children into the base of his neck? How long do you think your best friend could get away with that and you not know? Because we apparently know this is being talked about all over the internet. But even forgetting that, like, if my if every so often I saw my friend, he had a big black eye and he seemed a little hyper than normal, I'd start to suspect he must be injecting the adrenaline of dead children into the back of his neck. I don't think you could get away with it that long. But so, anyways, long time... Tom Hanks' friend, Peter Scolari, is free. So if you are a Scolari head, don't worry about him. But Tom Hanks was arrested and was taken to, like, a military tribunal. Even though we know he never served in the military, Saving Private Ryan was not a documentary. For some reason, he's brought before, like, a, three generals have to review the footage against him. Like, all the evidence against him. And apparently... There are hundreds of videos of Tom Hanks engaged in heinous acts against children. Also, according to Real Raw News, the judges watched the snippets of four of the clips and said, you know what, that's it, you're guilty. You're guilty, we just watched four snippets. And that made me think, is that how, is that how trials work? Can you present a bunch of evidence and then someone just watch a little bit of it and go, I'm good? Because you think... You think if someone came to you with 500 videos of Tom Hanks engaged in horrible acts, like, would you be like, well, I've watched the first 470, but these last 30 may change my mind. They may change my decision. Would you just be able to watch snippets? Because you wouldn't want to watch all of it, right? And then I started thinking, if you're in a jury for, like, horrible stuff against kids, they don't make you watch that stuff, right? I'm assuming they don't. I don't know. Like, I can't imagine they would subject a jury to that. And they would ask the jury, are you comfortable with watching this material beforehand? And anyone who said yes, well, they're just going to get arrested anyways. So maybe they wouldn't have to watch all 500 videos. I'm not saying that they should. But anyways, apparently there's 500 videos of Tom Hanks doing this stuff. And again... The, the weird details that they add is always so fascinating to me. Not only are there a bunch of videos of Tom Hanks supposedly doing stuff, horrible stuff to kids, we have this quote from Real Raw News. Quote, One video showed Hanks and Songstress... That's a word. That's a word now. Did you not know that? She's not a singer. She's a songstress. One video showed Hanks and Songstress, Lady Gaga, injecting each other with adrenochrome. Injecting each other while an unseen child's screams echoed in the background. That video doesn't exist. That video does not exist at all. So why would Michael Baxter make that up? I don't... This is what's always so fascinating to me. Like, 
Why does he add that creepy element into it? Did he? Uh, does he think that video exists? Did someone tell him this video? I, that's always a weird thing. I don't know if someone's feeding this information, but imagine, like, why is he imagining that and putting it in? I, I, who knows? But anyways, according to him, that exists. And, oh, I'm sorry. I misspoke. I said there were 500 videos. I'm looking further down on my notes. That's incorrect. There's 50 videos. Big difference. But I also left this part out. There's not 500 videos. There's 50 videos and 2,000 photographs. So I think, actually, I kind of met him in the middle somewhere. But that was all the evidence that the military tribunal needed. They watched a couple clips. They're like, gross. You know Lady Gaga? Guilty. Guilty of all charges. And so he has been executed. Death by lethal injection. Quite ironic for a man who's most famous, not for Saving Private Ryan, not for getting big, or forced gumping it. No, he's a man who will always be known as the adrenochrome addict Tom Hanks. It's so funny because the reason why, I'm not going to go really into this, I've touched on in different episodes, but you know why Tom Hanks is tied into this? Two people. Two people really started the whole Tom Hanks thing. There was a woman on Twitter named Sarah Ashcraft who said her father, when she was 12, sold her as a mind-controlled slave to Tom Hanks. That was one of the big accusations. It was a random account on Twitter that's been shut down now. A woman named Sarah Ashcraft says she was mind-controlled monarch slave type of thing, sold to Tom Hanks. And then Isaac Cappy, a actor who's done bit parts his entire life, and then he started making accusations that he knew about the Illuminati pedophile control of Hollywood. And then he killed himself. The conspiracy theorists say that he uh, was suicided, that he was actually killed. And he publicly accused Tom Hanks of pedophilia. And this is such a weird thing. Tom Hanks has a hobby of taking photographs of lost items. And a month before, I, I this isn't weird because of the coincidence. It's just weird that Tom Hanks has this bizarre hobby. A month before Isaac Cappy died, Tom Hanks took a photo of a glove on historic Route 66 and titled it Roadkill. And then a month later on Route 66, actually it was Interstate 40 where he killed himself or was suicided, Isaac Cappy jumped or was forced off of a bridge and then got hit by a car. It's about 2,300 miles of Route 66. So, But people have said that the, the origin, the story behind the photograph has changed. Some people say the photograph now was taken days before Isaac died. Some people say it was at the same location. That's it. That's how Tom Hanks got wrapped up in all this stuff. And people, it's now part of pure Illuminati, adrenochrome conspiracy theory that Tom Hanks is brought in. Imagine if two people made allegations against you. Two people. And for the rest of time, you're tied in. That, that's really what this is. I find the whole Tom Hanks getting wrapped up in this conspiracy theory so fascinating because it's really two people. And it's tragic that Isaac Cappy died. It is tragic that Isaac Cappy died. Um, but yeah, even Isaac Cappy's origin story, he does... There are pedophiles in Hollywood. See, that that's what always clouds this thing. There are pedophiles in Hollywood, and they are powerful, and they do protect each other. That's real. But it's when you get into the Satan worshipping and the eating the babies and drinking the blood and the adrenochrome and stuff like that is when you actually stop looking at the real pedophiles and you start looking for the imaginary ones. And you start to think, who's the one who's actually propping up these conspiracy theories? Because if more and more people are looking at Tom Hanks and trying to figure out if he's really in prison, are you looking at the actual pedophiles in Hollywood? And you're not. You're absolutely not. So it's all fa all very fascinating. Isaac Cappy, what happened was, this is really his... Illuminati Awakening origin story, he was hanging out with Seth Green. And he was being shown a tour of Seth Green's house, and Seth Green pointed to this door in his house, and he goes, that's where we keep the children. And he told this edgy joke. And Isaac Cappy took that joke seriously and thought that there are actually children behind that door. And that really kind of started his Illuminati, trying to expose the Illuminati. And again, I go back to the thing. Think about an edgy joke you've made in your past, or maybe you're going to make later this afternoon. And someone hearing that and taking that joke as truth and then spreading that throughout the internet, and then that person killing themselves. 
and you for the rest of time will be accused of being part of this conspiracy theory. You made this racist joke or the sexist joke or just this out of place, edgy joke. And now you're tied into this conspiracy theory. It's fascinating stuff how these conspiracy theories develop. And then I was watching a music video Isaac Cappy did. Because Isaac Cappy was a struggling actor. He was trying to make it in the industry. He made a music video with this guy from Vanderplump Rules. And in the music video, Isaac Cappy uses a device to mentally control women and have sex with them. In the music video that Isaac Cappy himself decided to make uses monarch mind control and Illuminati symbology. It's fascinating. It's fascinating stuff. See, that's... I'll put that video on the show notes. But that's been completely... Oh, no, he's one of the good guys. He's trying to expose the Illuminati. I remember... And the reason... I want to say this, too. The reason why I love covering real raw news... This episode's going to go long. It's the first episode of the season. One of the reasons why I love covering real raw news is you have to remember, I used to believe in this stuff way more than I do now. Nowadays, I believe in aliens, ghosts, demons, stuff like that. But I used to, and some conspiracy theories, but I used to really, really believe in conspiracy theories. I was 100% a 9-11 truther. I was 100% believe, I want to say 100%, I was like 90, 80% that the powerful people in Hollywood and in the world had to make sacrifices and had to be part of the secret society and all of these things. I believed that stuff. I'm sorry, I had to take a break there. Someone started power washing washing their house right next door. I Three weeks. I don't record an episode. Everything's fine. And then I start recording. Someone starts power washing. But what I was saying, and I'll, and I'll wrap it up like this. I never believed in conspiracy. I always believed in like conspiracy theories and things like that to varying degrees. But the idea of a powerful cabal controlling Hollywood and you have to be on the inside to really make it. And that they gave, the Illuminati gave you commands and that you had to put certain things in your video. You had to do certain rituals. I believed that. And I never believed it more than when I was a struggling musician. Because you're working your butt off trying to make it. And you start to think, why is this dude making it? Why, why is this super attractive guy with tons of talent and connections? How come he's famous and not me? This little schlub from Orangevale, California. You start to think, how come this? I'm obviously better than this dude. It's all Michael Bolton. I'm like, what? I'm totally a better singer than him. You start to think, how come I'm not getting... I never believed in Illuminati conspiracy theory more than I was a struggling musician. Like, nowadays, I believe that there are people trying to rule the world. I believe there are multiple groups, not just one. I believe there are multiple groups trying to rule uh, localities, cities, uh, the world, if they're super rich and they really want to try but i don't think it's any one group in particular i think it's a lot of other groups fighting for control but the idea of like this one group controlling everything and you have to be in like an illuminati mind control slave where you had to like bow down to the dark lord michael bolton you had to sit there and you had to be like please please let me be famous i believe that i never believed that more than when i was a struggling musician nowadays i believe that you know there are groups like that out there, but I don't think it's the end-all be-all to success. And I think that's what Isaac Cap- Isaac Cappy, you'll see reviews in uh, InfoWars. Alex Jones said he's a pretty big actor. People will refer to him as a, a Marvel actor because he was he was the pet shop owner in the first Thor. He And I'm not knocking extras. I'm not knocking people who are working the industry. But he was by no means a successful actor, more successful actor than I am. But you know what I mean? And and I think they tried to build him up. And I think his origin story was he's a struggling actor. Seth Green made that joke about that's where we keep the kids. He starts thinking what if maybe that's why Seth Green. To be fair, I don't I don't know why Seth Green famous i've been watching him my entire life growing up i'm sure he's a really nice guy but seth green is one of those guys I'm like really then i i don't mean to throw shade at seth green i'm sorry if i lost some greenheads some patreon supporters i'm sure he's a great guy but i've always been like huh what so anyways maybe isaac Cappy thought that because he's like really this guy's famous 
struggling actor and he starts to think and and because he is an actor in any way shape or form and when he starts saying the illuminati controls uh hollywood and tom hanks is a pedophile and seth green has kids in his basement people outside the industry who already i, I think the illuminati controlling hollywood i think that attracts a lot of struggling artists i think that does attract a lot of people who are writers and musicians and filmmakers and they are really trying to be creative in their professional and their private life and they can't be. And I think they start to go, maybe it's because of the Illuminati. Mark Marin, one of the most famous comedians now, he was a struggling stand-up comedian for decades. And I was listening to his podcast, WTF Podcast, years ago, and he said there was a time period when he believed the Illuminati existed because he was struggling in Hollywood for so long and he thought started thinking, maybe they do exist. But, you know, now that he's interviewing President Obama, now that he has, like, what, the number one, maybe in the top five podcasts in the world, he doesn't believe it anymore because he's not a member of the Illuminati, but when he was struggling and no matter what he did, he couldn't make it. I think that that's where this Illuminati controlling Hollywood conspiracy theory really flourishes, and I think that's what happened with Isaac Cappy. And because he was in Hollywood, if he was just a plumber making these YouTube videos, people would people he would just be one of many people who were making these comments. If he was a plumber at a Hollywood producer's household, the presence would go up. Then he could go, oh, you won't believe it. This producer, one day he took a big dump and I went to go fix his pipes. And I saw Tom Hanks injecting adrenochrome. And you'd be like, what? Well, maybe, because he has more access than I do. At the end of the day, it's still a man just saying things. And the and the guy who played Butzer Pie from Clown Camp Massacre, does he really have, did Isaac Cappy in roles like that, he was in Breaking Bad as Rowdy Prisoner, did he really have access to these Illuminati secrets? Because then you would figure everyone would. What about the other ten clowns from Clown Camp Massacre? He was in the cast of Lemonade Mouth as Mel. Like, you start to think, like, if, if someone at this low level knows all these secrets, and does everybody? Because I have friends in, who are in the Hollywood machine, and they haven't said anything. But again, maybe they are Illuminati agents. I think the story of Isaac Cappy is tragic because he passed away. But I think it's, it's made him more famous than he would have ever been. And no, I'm not saying that him passing away made him more famous. But the saga of, because he was getting famous while he was alive, the saga of... He's exposing the pedophiles and the Illuminati control of Hollywood. Has made him more famous than he would have ever been if he had continued to work his entire life in the industry. And Tom Hanks, for a huge segment of the Conspiracy Theory Society, there's a minister named Pastor Greg Locke, who's becoming more and more famous. He's doing all these sermons against uh, wearing masks and, and don't get vaccinated and stuff like that. And he's kind of starting to become a viral, no, no pun intended, a viral video minister. Uh, he's really taken off. There's a video of him. I'll see if I, I have a copy of it. I don't know actually where I got it. I got it off like YouTube or something like that, but I'm trying to think of, anyways, there's a video of it's my own private video. I'm at Greg Locke's uh, sermons. No, no, he's doing this thing and he's doing the sermon and he starts going off about, Tom Hanks and Oprah Winfrey. And I'm thinking, if you went to his church just thinking, oh, you know what, I wonder what Jesus is up to today. I haven't heard from him in about 2,000 years. I, I wonder what Jesus is doing. I, you go to church and then he starts screaming about Tom Hanks. You'd be like, what? And and the audience, his congregation, is like, yeah, yeah, boo, Tom Hanks. You're like, what? What did he do? He's not, he's just in the, okay, fine. Saving Private Ryan wasn't that good of a movie, but I don't think, I don't think he should be listed up there with that horrible war criminal Oprah. Why? It would totally boggle your mind why someone was going off about Tom Hanks in church. But if you know the code, if you know the story, Tom Hanks is a pedophile. But to 98% of the world, they're like, what? Fascinating story. And again, I used to believe, I didn't believe this conspiracy theory specifically because I was out of it by the time this was growing up, but I believed in all of these conspiracy theories that Hollywood was taken over by the Illuminati, saint worshiping groups, and, you, da, 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 and I, that's what I love about Real Raw News. It's not far from what I used to believe, these totally insane conspiracy theories. To me, it's like looking at a funhouse mirror, and you got to remember where you came from. It's okay to mock people, but sometimes you got to admit that, um, that those people used to be you. Let's go ahead and move on to our last story for the day. 
And this one is a little more personal, even though I just outed myself as a horrible conspiracy theorist back in the day. Man, I, I was cool back then. I was one of the cool conspiracy theorists. Don't think I was some big old dork. But yeah, no, I totally believe in all this stuff. Morphous gas. Let's go ahead and toss you the key. We got to dust this bad boy off because we have not used this in a while. Let's toss you the keys to the Carpenter Copter. We are leaving behind Milan, Italy. Peter Scolari's like, can I get a ride home? We're like, no, you might be complicit in the crimes against children. We're flying away. Morphous gas. Take us in this Carpenter Copter. We're leaving behind Milan, Italy. We are headed out to Sacramento, California. <laughs> Sacramento, California, my hometown. For anyone trying to hack my passwords and they ask what city were you born in? Sacramento, California, my hometown. The place I visit every so often. That's where I've been at for the past three weeks. Lounging, taking a vacation from the show, taking a vacation from work, just chilling. Playing video games, which is something I don't get to do anymore because I'm so busy. Watching movies, hanging out with my mom. A lot of fun. But I almost died. I almost died. We talked about this briefly. On the July 18th Alien Abduction Special. I'll put that in the show notes. Uh, you guys should listen to it. I had a lot of fun during that. A lot of fun with that. But right before that happened. So I recorded that on Sunday, July 18th. I was horribly sick for the week previous to that. From Sunday the 11th. Pretty much right when my vacation started. I got a really bad ear infection. Really, really bad sore throat. It got to the point where I went four days without eating. And over the course of those four days, I had maybe a liter and a half of water spread out over those four days. It was bad. It was super, super painful. It was the most ear pain I've ever had in my life. I get earaches. I get sore throats all the time. It's hands down the worst. But finally, I was able to survive. This is not a ghost. This is not a clone. Doing this podcast, I was able to survive and I was able to get better through the help of my mom. Uh, my mom taking me to the doctor. My mom is not a doctor herself, but you know, I got mama's love keeping me going. And then, she, then when that ran out, she's like, Oh, you know, more refills on this. You got all the love possible. Then she took me to a med seven clinic and I ended up getting antibiotics and prednisone for the pain and, and everything cleared up. But the reason why I'm talking about this on a paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast, it's not a conspiracy that I got horribly sick. I had a spiritual awakening in my sickness. It felt like a vision quest. And it's such an interesting thing. So I have tangled with ghosts and witches and demons and shadow people. But having this vision, having this hallucination, however you want to put it, it, it it's interesting because I, it happened multiple times over the course of a few days. And it put into perspective when people talk about shifting to other realities, when people talking about going to different planes of existence, stuff we cover on this show. Because what would happen in a nutshell? My pain was so intense, and not only could I not drink or eat, my body didn't want me to. My body had basically given up. Like I was still hopeful. I was still like, maybe we, maybe we can be this. I was actually still doing my normal vacation stuff. I was still playing some Far Cry Five. I was watching movies with my mom. That's what we do when we go down there. I'm watching Slacks about killer pants. I'm watching Carousel about a killer, <laughs> killer carousel horse floating around poking people with its unicorn horn, virus shark, big freaking rat, slasher ret party. All great movies. I was still doing the normal thing, but my body was breaking down. My body had given up as much as my mind was wanted to hold on. My body's like, we're just not even going to get hungry. We're not going to get thirsty. And I had to force myself to drink. You can only go three days really without water before you die. And so I was forcing myself to drink that water. My body wasn't thirsty, but I was forcing myself to. And every time I took a swallow, it felt like someone was taking a toothpick and sticking it in my ear and pushing as hard as they could for 45 seconds. I timed it. And you don't know how many times you swallow throughout the day until you feel every time you swallow. Because you're constantly swallowing just a little bit of saliva. And as some sort of horrible side effect to this whole thing, I was drooling incessantly. I was just drooling. Making me swallow even more. So, but that's all just gross, disgusting stuff. We talk about that stuff on Dead Rabbit Radio, too. But what would happen was, periodically, I would just be sitting there playing Far Cry 5, 
or hopefully just doing that. Sometimes I'd be walking through my mom's house. Sometimes I'd be in the shower and bam, I'm in the void. I'm in the void. It's this endless dark expanse. Oddly enough, wasn't pitch black. How you would picture an endless void. Because I'm sure we often do. It reminded me more of the black that you see on black construction paper. Had a bit of a grain to it. But it was endless with no ceiling, no floor, no walls. It went on forever. The only reason you had any orientation in the void was there were other people in the void with me. Let me back up here too before I go into that. The void was not some other place. The void was inside of me. The void was inside my upper body. I'm in this place. Endless darkness inside this place. There are two Mexican people standing there as well. There's a man and a woman. They're both wearing like peasant clothing, like 1800s clothing you would see if you're watching like The Three Amigos <laughs> or reading a history book. It doesn't have to be from a movie. It's just very traditional, like, peasant garb in Mexico. So, I'm standing there, and I'm looking at these two Mexican dudes, and realize that I'm in my own body. And I re that what's so weird about this whole thing is that it didn't feel weird at all. When we've reported on stories about people going into voids or standing in these UFOs that are more than just a UFO metallic, but like an endless expanse of like red lights showing from nowhere, I always say, dude, wouldn't that be so weird? Wouldn't that be so weird to be there? But the fact is, when you are in some sort of hallucinatory state, it doesn't feel weird at all. I wasn't like, whoa, where's the ground, bro? The walls, they go on forever. It's just like, ah, okay. It's like standing in the middle of Macy's. Like, it's just the location. But I'm in this, I'm in this endless void that's inside me. There's two little Mexican people standing there. They're completely silent. They look really stern. They look like they don't want to be there. I mean, who doesn't want to be in the endless expanse? And in between this man and this woman, there's a donkey head. An oversized donkey head. The donkey head was about as big as they were. It was just from the neck up. And the donkey wasn't making any noises. It was just sitting there. And they had a rope around its neck. And I would shift in and out of this. And I really wouldn't even go like, whoa, dude, I just hallucinated. I, I think I knew it was some sort of fever dream or some sort of side effect to the dehydration or the pain or both. But I kept going back to this place. And this is what, it's, again, fascinating. I can't say they spoke to me telepathically or a sign appeared or anything. These are just things that my brain constructed. The two people inside of me were completely um, benign. They neither wanted to be there nor didn't want to be there. They were neither invaders or inhabitants. They were simply there. The donkey, however, was an interloper. What I came to realize in my adult state is that the donkey symbolized a piece of mucus that was stuck in my esophagus. A bacterium factory, post-nasal drip dripping down into my throat, had formed a piece of mucus in the shape of a donkey's head. And it was stuck inside of me. And the message was very clear. Remove the donkey head from your body, and your illness will leave. My mom loves me. I'm probably her favorite. But I'm not going to be after she gets her water bill, because I took some of the longest showers there. That hot water just hitting my back and breathing in that steam. I could feel everything loosening up. And what would be weird is, as I would continue to go in and out of this state of semi-consciousness, however you want to put it, the void, the void was always eternal in all directions. But remember, because it's oriented, because I can see where the people are standing, there's a floor. You can't see it, but there's obviously a floor there. As time goes on, the floor moves up. Because the mucus is moving up through my esophagus. This is happening over a matter of 
really a day and a half. This, these visions. And I remember feeling that the mucus was moving up through my esophagus. My quest to get this out of my body, to expel this out of my body, was working. And the image of the two Mexican people and their donkey that they have in captivity is moving further up my body. Expel the donkey, and you'll be fine. I don't know if the little tiny people told me this. I don't know if the donkey introduced himself. I don't know if it was just a joke. My brain was playing on me. But at one point, I came to learn that this donkey was known as Lucas. This mainly happened. So I got sick on Sunday, got really bad on Monday, and got worse on Tuesday. This was really happening Tuesday night, Wednesday, all day, most of Thursday. When my mom gets off work Thursday, she can tell I'm about to die. She can tell that I have been a brave little boy, I've been a mommy strong little soldier. But she can tell that I'm obviously, as much as an act and I wasn't trying to let on how sick I was, she could tell I was way sicker than um, she thought. Because I was really just being like, oh no, it's, it's no big deal. Let's keep watching Capsized, Blood in the Water. A movie about people going through extreme pain as sharks are circling them. And I'm watching it and I was like, oh man, it'd be so nice to have water splashing on my body. I'd be drinking up all that salt water. She takes me to the Med 7. They go, you have an ear infection. You have a raw red throat. Gave me antibiotics. I ended up getting prednisone, which is a steroid, which really, really helped the anti-inflammation. And then by Sunday, I did a, what, an hour and a half long July 18th alien invasion special, which was really like up until that morning. I did not know if it was going to happen. And I did get to share a story that I had forgotten about for 20 years about um, the drill, <laughs> the drill squad at my old high school confronting me. And telling me what an awful person I was. And it's such a fun memory to rehash. And I'm glad I'm glad I was able to share it with you guys. But the story is so interesting. And, and it's the it's interesting on a couple different levels. One, it made me think about when we cover stuff that's unusual. When we cover stuff that's unusual that I've been through. When we talk about demons and ghosts and things like that. I do kind of have a, an attitude like, yeah, no, I understand what they're going through. But now I think I understand stuff like the void. Like what it's like to be in a place that is endless. It's like being it's like being in a Macy's. It's simply a location, and it's scary when you step back and think about it. But when you're in it, it's as real as any location. Two, it started to make me think about this idea, which I don't really talk about on this show, but I find very fascinating. It's pretty well known. That's what I'm talking about. But this genetic lineage, this idea that all humans are connected. In the sense, I am from, I'm Basque. My family came from Spain about 100 years ago. I have family members who are from Mexico, extended family members. I have friends from Mexico, but I have no genetic link to anyone in Mexico. So it's so fascinating to me that in my darkest hour, when I'm in this horrible place of pain because I like I said my brain was still hopeful but my body was just shutting down it just didn't care about eating or drinking that my spirit is being protected my body is being guarded by two little uh Hispanic people in peasant clothes from like the 1800s so interesting right it's no one of my genetic code that's super interesting and I'm wondering why that why that was the image that my body projected i understand why i had the image of the donkey it's because i think there was a giant piece of phlegm in me that was in that weird shape of like a donkey head and my body could only describe it and my body was basically sending signals being you need to get this out or you will die my body your body doesn't know that medicine exists your body works at a basic ape level by day four of this your body's like, listen, there's something in your body. You need to get it out. You are only going to get sicker as long as it is in. Because I did have to take antibiotics. I had an infection. There was a bacterial invader in my body. But why the little Mexican people? I mean, I don't have anything against them. I just am curious as to why that was the image my body created. Or my mind created. Or my soul created. But then let's put on a conspiracy caps and wrap this episode up. Wrap up this extra long episode. I think I haven't edited it yet, but 
you could obviously say, where are they now? It most likely were figments of my imagination, or maybe they were spirit guardians. Maybe I'll run into them again somewhere. <laughs> Once again, in the dark void, they're like, Jason, you take better care of yourself. They're holding like a whole zoo back. They're like, guy, we can't keep doing this. I, I think about this from time to time. I think the gut is such an integral part of a human body, or really any living thing's body. But we dismiss it all the time. We'll say stuff like, oh, I have a gut feeling. But for the most part, we think that the soul resides in the brain. We forget about how powerful the gut is. I remember a long time ago, I read this article, and they were talking about head transplants. And I don't know if I can find it for the show notes, but the guy, and I might have mentioned this before on the podcast, but this guy goes, if you ever truly transported a head, you'd be sentencing someone to the worst insanity they ever suffered. Because the, everything doesn't reside in the head. If you transplanted a head, it, the gut biome is so radically different. It would be like they're living in a different universe. So our guts, our, our everything, our whole biology is so important to who we are. But with our conspiracy caps firmly on, let's take it down this path. We hear a lot about simulation theory. And they go, statistically, statistically, the chances of this reality being the real reality is infinitesimally small. That there is most likely throughout creation, there is a society that has created computers advanced enough to run super advanced simulations. And once that happens, and you have a population of, say, 7 billion people on that planet, and half of them are playing this game, the chances of us being the real reality and not one of these 4.5 billion simulations that are constantly being run is super small. So most likely we're in the simulation and we're not in the real reality. What if we're in the gut of somebody? Hear me out. <laughs> You've already shut off the podcast. You're like, I'll tune back in in season 16. Let's see. Hopefully he's less insane. How do we know that we're not little microbes living inside some other creature's stomach? That we're just amoebas and we're in a pitch black darkness sitting next to a puddle of acid waiting for him to eat some Cheetos so that I can land on one of the Cheetos and eat up just a little enough of a resource so I can last another day. I'm gut flora. You're gut flora. And we have created this entire existence around us. We are really born into darkness. It's constantly hot and bubbly. And we're just this goo living inside of this organism. We've never truly seen the sun or heard music or felt the touch of a friend's hand on our back in time of need. No, we're just an organism in some creature's gut. And this is all an imagination. All of reality is something we have crafted to deal with the fact that if we knew what reality was, we wouldn't want to eat that cheetah. We would rather just die off. But the biological imperative doesn't allow us to die off. It makes us march forward. It makes us live longer to eat just that other piece of scrap to live a little bit longer. And... Everything is just an illusion. That is actually statistically far more likely than any simulation theory. Because if you say there's a society that has 4.5 billion simulations running at any given time, the chances of us being the real world versus one of the civilizations, there are countless living creatures on Earth alone. 99% of those have guts. And have digestive enzymes and little bacteriums and little flora in their guts. Just on Earth, there are more living things with gut biomes than there are of, of even the highest level of simulations running, in theory. And in each gut flora, there's tons of different little... The chances of us actually being... Something inside a fox's stomach is far more likely than you being a simulation. And it's... 10 times is scarier. It's probably more than 10 times scarier. At least if you're in a simulation, you figure maybe you're entertaining someone. If you're in a simulation, at least you were special enough to be coded into it. If you're in a simulation, at least there's a sci-fi future for someone out there, if not for you. But what if we're just flora? What if we're just bacteria living in a sperm whale's stomach? And eventually, despite whatever we do, whether we are the greatest author, whether we are a lowly hobo, 
Whether we are Tom Hanks or Isaac Cappy, that sperm whale will die. And its body will sink to the bottom of the ocean. And we will just cease to exist with it. Even in the Big Bang, you can figure eventually the universe, sure, expands, 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 and then it begins to contract. But after a certain amount of time, there's another Big Bang. Reality is back. But what if none of that is real? Not even the sperm whale is real. We imagine what a sperm whale is, but we're just something in eternal darkness, in something's gut. Our only mission is to help it digest food. And everything else has been made up to make it more comfortable for us to accept the fact that we are eternally locked in darkness. Our only mission is to help some unknown creature we don't even know exists eat. It's far more likely than simulation theory. It's far more likely than reality, according to simulation theorists. We may be nothing more than a digestive engine. And everything we dream, everything we hope, everything we create, everything we are, is an illusion. We're just a chunk of bacteria inside another creature. And one day that creature may die. One day that creature may begin trying to expel us. And it realizes that it no longer needs us. Someday that creature may take medicine that rapidly kills us off. It's a beautiful world out there, we think, full of hope and promise, maybe. And someday we may realize, in our final moments, that all of reality was an illusion. Everything we knew, everything we loved was nothing. When it is finally time for us to pass from this life, we see what is truly real. Some people fear death because they are afraid it is just eternal darkness. But then you realize we were always in eternal darkness. We just didn't know it. You're like, damn it, Jason, is this, that's depressing. Is this how you're starting off season 15? Darn tootin'. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Hope you guys are back for tomorrow. You're like, nah, I'm not going to be. Come back. You love it. Have a great day, guys.